Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Our number two, Outkick 360, is back. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Ehop Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Merry Christmas to everyone watching, listening across the Outkick Network. Happy holidays to you. Uh, if you have the week off, hope you're enjoying it, getting some last-minute shopping done, whatever it might be. Paul, is your shopping done? No. I mean, I don't have like a list of specific things that I need to go shop for. I just don't have enough things for a certain person. <laughs> okay. So that that will be coming over the next 24 to 48 hours, I guess. Uh Thursday morning, Friday morning, I guess. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Fair enough. Um coming up, Paul, uh, McLean's about to join us. Uh coming up though, you've got a beef with your your neighborhood Christmas lights or something? There well, a contest? There, I didn't know there was a contest. I'm not convinced there was a contest, but I see a sign that says Holiday Lights winner, and I have some oh. thoughts I'd like to share. <laughs> and and I'm not suggesting I It's I not in your have, yard, I is should, what you're no, saying. No, I'm not suggesting I should have been a winner. I just uh, have some thoughts on this. Oh, you, I, I think it might be self-declared. I cannot wait for this story, and I hope you brought a photo. May, I mean, if it's I that didn't. legit, maybe they do deserve it if they if their house looks that good well i mean we could get into it right now no. I, 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 is mclean there i no. feel like uh, he is there the mclean's okay. there we'll get into it yeah we'll get into it later john mclean with us now coming up in uh, 40 minutes paul tells us the beef that he has uh, with one of his neighbors self-proclaiming uh I think the, the i'm light uh, champion of 2021 john mclean always a champion down in houston uh he covers uh, the nfl and has done so for nearly five decades and we say hello to John, who unfortunately has to cover the Houston Texans this season and watched Houston and Jacksonville this past week. John, how are you? I'm doing great, guys. I wouldn't mind hearing Paul's beef about the neighbor's lights. <laughs> oh, well, let's Paul's do that. Paul's usually got some good beef. Well, let's hear it. Uh, let's look, do it. I mean, my neighborhood looks looks pretty good. There are a lot of houses that look pretty good. My house looks fine. It's nothing, it's nothing special. But... I feel like this person probably there's there's on the sign that says what did I say it said it said holiday lights winner champion or something yeah I feel like they got the sign made and then they just planted it in their yard it doesn't have any signature on it it doesn't say as awarded by <laughs> Brentwood Civic Union or anything like that. <laughs> And I thought to myself, I should go get a couple of these signs printed up and go around my neighborhood and a couple other random neighborhoods and just put them on houses that I like and stir stuff up in my neighborhood with people I know. And in other neighborhoods, I just want to start like fights well, would, would, that I don't even know about. Would this home that is self-proclaiming, uh, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly self-proclaiming itself as the champion of the holiday lights, um, would it qualify to be a finalist 
if you did have a competition there in Brentwood? I uh, in my in my subdivision, I don't think it's top five. <laughs> I mean, it's nice, but in my in my uh, to my sophisticated eye, yeah, sure, not top five. The, the critical. And eye. I think if you're putting out the sign, it has to you know it has to say the Nashville scene or whoever. And that would be big on there, right? You're advertising that they won your contest. But th- this just says, you know, best. <laughs> but it doesn't say that according to whom. It's like, it's like uh, John, it's like if I had, um, if, if Paul were carrying around, and it, it could be true, uh, if you were carrying around the mug that said world's number one dad or something. Like right. it's just self-proclaimed. But you know that's from your kid. I'm going to do like, I'm just going to have my very neat signature, Paul Kuharski, and I'm going to say best <laughs> holiday lights. And I'm going to go around with 10 of them next year and drop them and just proclaim best holiday lights myself. I, I think you're on. You can save here. yourself a lot of trouble, Paul, if you would just go to that yard, take the sign <laughs> and move and it. put in your yard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I know that I'm not deserving, but I don't think this guy's deserving either. I'm just going to move that sign. See, once upon a time when we were kids, I don't know about when you were kids, John, if they had oh, wow. Lights, wow. lights like this. But when he I was a kid, you could, you could move this sign and create mischief. Now, like if my son went and moved this sign, my 12-year-old son, with mischief, it would cause like police action and stuff yeah, in the right. neighborhood. It's yeah, the just, cops would be called. There's no fun like that allowed. Paul, it was great when we finally got electricity, let me tell you. <laughs> Edison, a friend of yours, I heard, he... he, he uh, Used to call you to get the updated spreads. Not call you, probably. Uh, John, uh, have you ever had lights on the house, uh, on your home? Every year, we decorate big time. Everybody really? on our street does. We don't have a contest. We don't have anybody outside proclaiming their best lights. But in uh, where we live, our street would certainly be one of the tops in this part of Houston. I'd, g- I'd give you a sign. Do you get out there up on the we'll ladder and you. Carol holds the ladder and you, you climb up there? Are you kidding? <laughs> she climbs the ladder and I hold it. <laughs> I, I told Paul and Chad earlier, uh, or earlier this month, I, I love watching and looking at Christmas lights. I, I, if, if I'm hanging the lights, though, I would be thinking in real time about having to take them the down. Count, the countdown. Yeah, the countdown to having to take them down. And that, like, that gives me like uh, nightmares knowing that I uh, a month four weeks from now I'm going to have to go through the trouble of taking these lights down and the putting dread, them away. The dreaded dread. Yeah, that's not the best part. John, the best part of the NFL season's almost here. It's almost postseason time, and we've got some uh, contenders, some pretenders coming up. I've, well, you're going to give us uh, in about ten minutes uh, your top teams uh, and seeds one through seven as they stand right now, according to John McClain, not according to the NFL, according to John McClain, how he thinks things will finish. Uh, but we've seen some playoff eliminators over the last two nights, games that were moved. We saw the Browns and Raiders, the Raiders with the win. They are now a game out of the wild card, believe it or not. The Browns with that loss, that cripples them. Minnesota stays alive. And then tonight, Washington and Philly are in a massive matchup to try to stay alive for a wild card. I think it's pretty cut and dried on most of the division winners right now. I see two who are currently leading being dethroned, and I don't have a lot of confidence in a couple of teams, including Minnesota. Vikings have been too inconsistent, too up up and down. I felt terrible for the Browns. 
to lose the game they the way they did at home, last second field goal by Daniel Carlson, not have your head coach, not have your first two quarterbacks, and have so many players out, and they moved the game for them, and they still got beat. It was such a tough defeat. But the truth is right now, Cleveland doesn't deserve to be in the playoffs. Right, and I, I agree with you because of the games that we've seen prior to this. Uh, and it, I, would, I want to talk more postseason in a moment, and we'll spend a big 20-minute segment on all the scenarios and all the teams who are in and who are not. Let's let's start here, though, John, with the, the storyline of all weekend, which is the COVID protocols. And you mentioned how the Browns were decimated. We're watching in real time how the Chiefs continue to have some positive cases pop up. Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill among them. What do you make of what the NFL is doing now with the adjustment to the policy? And ultimately, is it going to ensure that we, we get these games in? They're going to get the games in. They're going to get the games in, come hell or high water. It doesn't matter if you're playing with a third-team quarterback who hasn't taken a snap with you, yeah. as the Browns had to do. And there's some teams that have no positive tests. And I think this – I read Peter King's column on Monday, Football Morning in America, and NFL's experts said most people testing positive, positive don't have the booster. And I don't understand why you'd have two shots and not get the booster. And that's been the problem. So the message is, or it might be too late, get the booster. And uh, I see it, the playoff race, maybe the Super Bowl, helped determine by COVID-19, but remember – Everybody worried about that last year, and the Buccaneers beat the Chiefs, and I don't remember COVID-19 being a factor. The truth is, if you still have your quarterback and your quarterback's good, gives you the best chance to win. I, I, I agree. I, I think uh, if they're going to ask players to get the booster, uh, they need to do away with testing altogether, if that's the case. You will not be tested unless you want to be tested, period, if you get the booster. Well, if you get the booster, as I was told when I got mine, you can still get COVID-19. It just, you're not going to die from it. You're not going to be as sick. And some people just like getting a cold. I had a cold a couple of weeks ago, and I'm like, geez, I have COVID-19, but I get tested every week over to Texans, and I didn't. But uh, the uh, I don't know if it's too late for that. You know, the union uh, has encouraged people to get the booster. But uh, there's still, I think it said, 6% of the NFL is not vaccinated. And it's playing a role in the playoff race as we knew it would. It almost seems like there's not as many injuries. And maybe there are as many injuries. It's just that COVID-19 is overshadowing them. But I was thinking last night, it just doesn't seem to me as many players being out hurt as there usually is. They didn't, they didn't accomplish much by moving these games back in terms of guys quali- testing negative to get back. It gave them time to get the guys who are substituting ready. But we were kind of anticipating that they'd, they'd change change it and let guys back in if you're asymptomatic um, and, and testing positive. Now, and then why not have this targeted testing be – Maybe fewer guys and more more random, like a PED test that seems like a, a scatter shot as opposed to a position. If I test your offensive line right now, odds are I'm going to get some positives there and I'm going to deplete you on the offensive line. Or if I test your quarterback room the wrong week and your quarterback's carrying it asymptomatically, you're screwed. 
Well, the way it is now, if you come back from it, you don't get tested. And if you feel sick, you tell them. But this also sets it up for players to feel bad but not say anything because they don't want to come down with it. They don't want to be out. I know the Texans have 11 or 12, and they had a group yesterday who were uh, close contact. And you still have to be out 10 days or you have to pass the two tests within 24 hours. So the way they change it, it's very confusing. I don't know how the players keep up, but uh, they're, they, have, they have a lot of highly paid, skilled people to tell them what to do and when to do it. And uh, it's, hey, it's something we're going to have to live with. I know this. We're doing all Zooms again with the Texans. It was strange. I was in Jacksonville Sunday and started the fourth quarter. Jacksonville media encouraged to go down with seven minutes left and go down to the uh, home team interview room. Texans media, everything's being done virtually. So, so far, there hadn't been a uniform pattern, and they're not saying what it's going to be for the rest of the season. But I fully expect that all my interviews with the Texans will be virtually for the rest of the season as they were all of 2020. Titans aren't going fully virtual, but all you were telling me during the break, they're they're, they're trimming sli- slimming down the numbers. Yeah, yeah they're, they're trimming the numbers down for the uh, – not game day, but for uh, the weekday stuff, which is outside here. Um, and uh, so that certainly plays a factor. But so far, so good with us. People in Pittsburgh were upset. Uh, because they were zooming in their own, uh, you know, from their own press box while we were going downstairs, like the Jacksonville folks were doing. Coming up uh, with John McClain, a lot to discuss with some playoff scenarios. He's going to give us his top seeds as he sees the NFL season ending. He'll tell us who's going to be one through seven, who's getting that first round by, and who's getting in as the seven seed uh, moving forward. He'll he'll give us those predictions. Also, he has a story on Nick Casario who's discussing things with his head coach during games. I'm fascinated by this because I haven't heard much of this in years past. I've seen general managers come down to the sideline before, uh, but never have an input on game day decisions. I'll get John's take on that. Plus, Antonio Brown is back with the Bucks, And Urban Meyer spoke. Paul, we didn't hit this yesterday. He spoke to the NFL Network, and it was NFL Network that was reporting all of this about what was going on behind the scenes, and his first interview is with NFL Network. Yeah, well, and some hip, hypocritical stuff from him about yes. unnamed sources. Yes, uh, a lot to discuss over the next 25 minutes. John McClain with us from the Houston Chronicle and OutKick 360. Which NFL wildcard contenders are actually going to get into the postseason? John McClain is about to tell us. Outkick 360 rolls on from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Shout out to the Withrows, uh, Chad and his family in Nebraska, their annual trek to Nebraska. Um, I, I hear it's balmy. Uh, balmy 30 degrees, or maybe it's in the 20s uh, in, in Nebraska now. Uh, John McClain in uh, the very nice Houston, Texas area. You can follow him on Twitter at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. Uh, John, first off, I didn't say this earlier. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you. Uh, you and the fam. I Last night, you and I were chatting, and I said, hey, tomorrow, give us your predictions on one through seven, the seedings, the pairings 
for the AFC and the NFC? Because I'm curious on how you think things will shake out given the schedules uh, and given the, the division leaders. I know you've got a couple of shakeups here, but the seventh, the seventh team getting in has really increased the amount of drama that we're going to have over the final three weeks of the season. Let's start with the AFC. First of all, Merry Christmas to you guys and your families, as well as all your listeners and viewers, and happy holidays. Uh, I did some research on this, and I've had Kansas City as my best team in the league in my weekly rankings for the last three weeks over Green Bay. I just think they are. Odds of getting to a Super Bowl for a third consecutive year are against the Chiefs, but right now they're the best. I think Kansas City, Tennessee, Baltimore, and Buffalo are going to be the division winners. I think Buffalo will win Sunday in Foxborough. I don't see the Patriots with rookie quarterback Mac Jones sweeping the Bills. And then I think the Patriots drop down there as a wild card along with Indianapolis and uh, the Chargers. And so that would be my seven teams in the AFC. Why Baltimore, John, given, uh, given their woes lately? Well, they've lost four, three, three in a row by four points. And Tyler Hundley, his quarterback who was not drafted last year, has been terrific. He's played as well as Lamar Jackson. And I think his contract is up. Um, I think he was cut and then re-signed. He could be available. He's exclusive, but, uh, right. He's exclusive rights from exclusive what I rights. Yeah. Cincinnati uh, won in Baltimore. I just don't see the Bengals sweeping the Ravens. So that's why I think the Ravens are going to bounce back and win the division. At this time of year, I like to bet on coaching staffs, and I like to go with hot teams. But the Ravens are not a hot team, obviously. But I have a lot of belief in John Harbaugh and his veteran coordinators. And uh, I think I just don't see Zach Taylor out coaching John Harbaugh and uh, winning the division. And it's even though – top to bottom it's unbelievably competitive along with the nfc west so who are your wild cards again i got new england indianapolis and the chargers so that leaves let's see cincinnati out steelers out miami and raiders so uh, miami's got a tough schedule people are acting like their schedule's easy i don't find it that that uh easy because they've got uh, they're they're seven to seven. They've won six straight. They have the Saints this week. They have Titans the Titans here. coming up. The Titans will be on ten, ten days rest, and the Titans are finally seemingly getting healthier. And then they will finish the season against New England. And New England's probably needing a win to stay in contention or grab the number one overall seed potentially uh, if they win against Buffalo. So I I don't think Miami's making it through and winning out. I think Kansas City's got a schedule with Pittsburgh at home, at Cincinnati, and at Denver, but they're the best team. Their defense is playing great. I do not see New England be, having a better record than Kansas City. I think Kansas City will get the bye in the AFC, and I've never considered Miami as a playoff team. Though minus Kelsey and minus uh, Tyreek Hill, uh, if they're not back from, from COVID and two list corners. stays and a couple of corners this week, Pittsburgh just showed us they can be pretty opportunistic um, if if the other team also is uh, offensively limited. They'll be at Arrowhead Stadium, and I think as long as Patrick Mahomes is healthy 
you know, Patrick Mahomes, Ryan Tannehill ain't Patrick Mahomes, and I think Mahomes will be the difference. Let's go to the NFC. Uh, how do you see the, the playoff teams stacking up in the National Football Conference? Green Bay, of course. Cowboys coming on. Uh, Tampa. And then I think Arizona, which has lost two in a row, is going to lose the NFC West to the Rams, who have been hot. Rams have at Minnesota, at Baltimore. And they finish, uh, I think, against San Francisco and maybe Seattle. I can't remember. And so that would drop Arizona down. I think the 49ers are going to be the number two wildcard team. And the third one, I think, is going to be the New Orleans. I think New Orleans coming off that big victory over Tampa. But New Orleans' schedule is Miami, Carolina, and at Atlanta. And I think that's going to help the Saints get that last wildcard berth over the Vikings. And people are talking about Washington, Philadelphia. I haven't considered them playoff contenders realistically. Yeah, Washington's in the same boat as Cleveland uh, with their roster starting Garrett Gilbert uh, tonight against Philadelphia on the road in Philly. Um, L.A. finishes at Minnesota, at Baltimore, San Francisco. What do you make of the 49ers, John? We're going to see them here in town on Thursday night. What have they won? Six of seven. They're running the ball great. Jimmy Garoppolo's playing as well as he can play. He's not turning the ball over. Mainly, Jimmy G stayed healthy. I think he's only been healthy in one of his seasons. I thought before the season, by this point, we'd be seeing rookie Trey Lance, but here they are trying to get that last wild card berth, and they're doing it behind a really balanced offense led by the running game and Garoppolo, who's being a good game manager. So they're putting a, a wide receiver in the backfield, uh, a, a reasonable amount. Uh, we've seen Atlanta do it with Patterson. You see a little bit of a, a trend developing there with the temptation for other teams to try this? Paul, you know how it is. It's an imitation league, and you look around, you say, okay, do I have a guy who used to be a running back, whether he was growing up or he did it in college, and mainly if he's got the hands to do it, I could definitely see this happening, especially since so many running backs are injured. But uh, I think they've been ingenious with the way they're using Samuel, and I think we'll see other teams do it as well. A stat that's going to surprise everyone, at least I think it will, because it surprised me last night. Jimmy Garoppolo leads the NFL in yards per pass attempt and yards per yeah. completion. He's he's terrific. I mean, his that, last it's, four weeks. It's not Aaron really Rodgers. The, it's not the, Matthew Stafford. It's Jimmy Garoppolo doing this out in San Fran. Where other than Debo Samuel, I'm not sure if the common fan can name you the wide receiving core there, other Iuke than Kittle and Ayuk. Something to keep in mind about the 49ers: you don't give up what Kyle Shanahan gave up to get Trey Lance to have him not start two years in a row. So with this being an average quarterback crop in the draft, it makes guys like Deshaun Watson. I'm writing a column about this tomorrow. I think I wrote down 14 teams that are going to need quarterbacks. So a veteran like Jimmy Garoppolo coming off a good season, possibly the playoffs, they might be able to get more for him than they would have if they traded him, say, coming off a season like 2020. And that can be said by about a couple of quarterbacks who could be on the market. I can't wait 
for the offseason to see how all this plays out. He's got to finish this thing healthy to make people forget about his injury history. John McClain with us. Follow him on Twitter at McLean underscore on underscore NFL. John, I brought this up earlier with Paul. I'm going to get your take. Um, first, where do you come down on Jonathan Taylor being a contender for MVP this season, uh, running back from, from the Colts? Well, first of all, I think, yes, he's a contender. And in the NFL, it's an MVP and then offensive and defensive players of the year. I think it's a cop-out if you vote the MVP also offensive player of the year. It's supposed to be for another player. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to win it again. I think Taylor will be offensive player of the year. I know, Jonathan, I saw you making a case for Cooper Cup, and that's a good case, and maybe he will. But uh, Taylor is having a great year. Now, Taylor's team is 8-6, and six, and the Packers have the best record in the NFL. And I think uh, – I think we're going to see Rodgers win. Is this will this be four that he will win? I think it is. It sounds so right. I think he'll. I think he'll win it, and I think Jonathan Taylor will be Offensive Player of the Year. See, I and I'm I'm, I'm glad you saw the tweet because it gives some background on what I'm going to bring up with Cooper Cup. Um, I saw like I, I don't mean to knock Jonathan Taylor in this, but in thinking about him being an MVP contender. I've seen this before. I saw this last year with Derrick Henry, what Jonathan Taylor is doing for the Colts. What Cooper Cup is doing, we have not seen in a long time. I mean, Calvin Johnson is the last guy that's putting up this, this type of numbers uh, on, on a regular basis week after week, the way Cooper Cup is doing. And, John, he's averaging 114 yards per game receiving. Second in the league is Devontae Adams, averaging 96. I mean, he's, he's 20 yards ahead of him there. He's averaging nine receptions a game. Devontae Adams has had three games of nine receptions, to put that in perspective. And I know he's got the extra game, but right now he's still on pace uh, to, to be right there with what Jerry Rice accomplished, and he's the only receiver to do it, with uh, a, a stat line of uh, 1,400 yards receiving, 15 touchdowns, and, and over 120 catches. And it's if, Jerry Rice, and right now on pace is Cooper Cup. And if they come back to win the division, like like you're suspecting they, they could, that that would boost this case even further. Anytime your name is mentioned in the same sentence with Jerry Rice, it gets attention. And I don't care how many games you play. They used to play 12 games. When they went to yeah. 14, everybody's, oh, my goodness, the statistics are going to be skewered. It's not fair. Then when they went from 14 to 16, you didn't hear as much. So that extra game doesn't mean squat to me. And if you want to do it average per game, that's fine. But this has been going on throughout history in every sport because they play more games. So Cooper Cup is right up there for Offensive Player of the Year with Taylor. And last year, Aaron Rodgers threw 48 touchdown passes, which was his career high. And I think that's why I got it. But despite all of the controversies created going back to the offseason when he didn't show up and everybody said he wanted out, he's had another great season. He's been phenomenal. Over the last four games, he's passed for 1,300 yards, 15 touchdowns, no interceptions, quarterback rating of like 127 or 28. I mean, it's just phenomenal. And they're 4-0 in those games. And that's just a snapshot of what he's done. Uh, it's been it's, – and he's only here, – here's the other kicker. Um, we, we've seen a lot of interceptions this season, John, and sometimes the better quarterbacks get the benefit of the doubt. Oh, oh, you know, not every interception is on the quarterback. 
Rodgers has thrown four picks all year. That is remarkable that you don't have a ball tipped at the line of scrimmage or something that gets that number a little higher than four when Patrick Mahomes has thrown 12. I think he threw four last year, too. With all, Maybe it had been five, but all I remember for sure was a career-high 48 touchdown passes. But it's very interesting. We're talking about playoff races with these last few games of the season, but they also could tell the tale for Offensive Player of the Year as well as MVP. You have a cold spell coming in in, uh, in Texas because uh, Washington now, not to be outdone by Dallas, is going to take its heated benches on the road for all three of its final games. I think they finish on the road here. So they're taking them to Philly, which is understandable. It's cold. They're taking them to New York for its finale. Understandable. They're taking them to Dallas. <laughs> With the roof closed, you know why that is. That's Show one up and ship. If you're going to do that, it's like the guy that walks into the pool hall. And everybody else is playing with sticks off the rack. Here comes the guy in with his own cue, and he takes it out, and he makes a big deal out of putting it together. And you think, whoa, this guy's going to kick everybody's butt. And it turns out he's just mediocre. And if you're going to take around your own heated bench like there's not any in the other, other stadium, you better use it to your advantage, or you're going to look like a fool. Taking him to domes. TexasSportsNation.com, the website, Cron.com as well. Um, it'll all take you to the same place, which includes a story that John has with uh, Nick Casario, on Nick Casario, speaking with David Culley. John, explain for our, our listeners and viewers who may not have read the piece or seen this, how much input Nick Casario is having on game day with his head coach and how unusual it is throughout your career of covering the league for a general manager to have that type of contact during a game. Well, this is not unusual here. I've written about this since the offseason and during the season. It's just David Culley, who's been criticized for a lot of in-game decisions and use of timeouts, as most coaches are. He had the best game he's had at Jacksonville, especially at the end of the first half when they got the ball back with 21 seconds at their 38. Davis Mills hit three consecutive passes. Timeouts used perfectly, and they got a field goal to go up by two scores, and the Jaguars didn't get close. So, Cully, one of the things I like about him, he's so honest. His honesty is refreshing. He is so respectful. People can ask him really stupid questions, as we're wont to do, and he's so patient. And so we started at one we, – when we asked him about clock management issues or in-game decisions, he said, you know, now that I've had time to think of it, I should have done that. And I should have. Yeah, I screwed up. And uh, they lost by three to New England here. And he should have let them score at the end of the game. And he didn't. And he said later, you know, I'm learning. You know, he's been he's never been a head coach. He said, I'm learning as we go. Coaches don't say that. They act like they're geniuses. So we asked him about it after the game. And we've all known Nick Vestario was in the press box on game days at New England. He was on the headset communicating with head coach Bill Belichick and offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels. That was well-known up there, and people up there told me about it when he came here, so that's the way it's been. He's there if he needs to bang things around with him and Romeo Cornell, who's now a senior advisor. And he, Cully has final say on everything. And he admitted yesterday that they told him 
to let New England score, but he just said, I just couldn't do it. And so he didn't. So now people are trying to act like he's getting decisions from them. No, he can use them, but he makes the final decision. Why did I, uh, for whatever reason, I thought that the league would not allow a general manager to too. communicate with his head coach during a game while the coach is on the sideline. I, um, I, I don't know why I thought, I thought that. Yeah, there was limitation to to it being coaching staff people in the coaching booth. Well, Nick Casario was an assistant coach two times with the Patriots since twenty years. Uh, he gets out and throws passes. He's a college quarterback. You can see him working with the quarterbacks. We used we loved writing about him at camp, running around at the different positions. So he's been doing this with the Patriots. And I think if it's illegal, people would have pointed out, yeah. hey, that's illegal. So obviously it's not. What'd you make of Bruce Arians and how he's handling uh, Antonio Brown returning to the roster this week? Yeah, whatever's convenient at the moment. No integrity. You know, here's a guy who's been one of the most penalized, sued players. Bruce Arians said one more screw up and he's out. People have brought it up, but he's told the truth. It's what's best for our team. He was coming back before they had these recent injuries, lost Chris Godwin for the year, and Mike Evans is banged up. And I think it's terrible. But, you know, the league slapped him with a three-game suspension, and now the Bucks have solar souls to the devil. And well, maybe two, they'll win it again, and he'll get another ring. Well, two, uh, at least on his side, I mean, let's, let's be fair to the discussion. If – if Dalvin Cook is suspended, do you think the Vikings are going to cut him loose? No, but as Mike Zimmer said publicly and in a book what he's going to do and then goes totally the opposite, no. The the I it was a to me it was it wasn't even really much of a topic uh that he was going to be back. I, I thought it was a no they average two more yards per play when Antonio Brown is playing versus when he doesn't play. If he's some scrub, they would kick him to the curb. Oh, sure. Um, no, the media is not asking about the safety who was also suspended. Is he back on the team? Yeah. Nobody cares about him. And <laughs> he didn't say anything publicly about Mike Edwards and he didn't put in his book about Mike Edwards. Well, Brown is back and he's going to end up helping them win down the stretch. You know, that, that's the, that's the storyline here that we'll all be discussing is Brown is going to play a factor especially with these injuries now. Godwin's injury really crushes them, though, John, because the, the high percentage of Brady's targets over the last month have been to Godwin. And it kills him for a contract. He's unrestricted. Yeah, that too. Or, or second-time tag coming up. Either way, he's cost him a lot of money. I have people ask me all the time, well, do you think teams will back off of Deshaun Watson because of what he's being accused of doing? I said, are you kidding me? <laughs> Just look at Antonio Brown. Yes. Of course they're not going to back off. That's right. Uh, John, final thoughts here. Urban Meyer, and, and throughout your career, another I, I want you to compare. When you've had a when you've reported on something on a player or a coach, and that coach or player it, it either is is removed from the team or is fired, do they give you the first interview? Because the NFL Network did this report, and then the first interview for Urban Meyer is with the NFL Network. The only time I ever got the first interview with a coach who's been fired in Houston, and I've covered many who've been fired, was Bum Phillips 
Bum Phillips, uh, the the orchestrator of Love You Blue. And that was because I was the only reporter in the building and I'd been tipped off. And so Bum called me in his office, gave me a bunch of quotes. And that was the only time that was at the end of the 1980 season has not happened since. And I thought that was very interesting. On the other hand, I'm guessing that uh, Meyer had a relationship with Ian Rappaport. That's why he did it. How do you like that? He said if he had unnamed sources talking about things in the building, they would be fired immediately. But then uh, tried to negotiate with Rick Stroud when he was doing the Josh Lambeau story with Lambeau speaking on the record. He wanted to present Stroud with people who would speak off the record (laughs) about the degree of the kick. I mean, hypocrite, hypocrite, hypocrite. It's unbelievable how bad that was. I just came back from there and everybody is like a dark cloud had been lifted from TIAA bank stadium. And whether it was, well, there's hardly any fans there, but the media that's covered that franchise since its inception, they were like, everybody said urban Meyer lied about everything and everybody knew he was lying and he knew they knew he was lying. And he did it anyway. Yeah, it's just an amazing fall because this guy has had success at everywhere. You know, everywhere he's been, he has had success. And for the life of me, I don't understand why he didn't have more common sense to approach things in a certain way once he got to Jacksonville. It is bizarre. I mean, even among your first mistakes, you learn from those on the job, and he never did. 187 and 32 in college. They said people would tell him stuff that no, don't do this or do this. He just wouldn't listen. He was going to do it his way, the way he's always done it and things that he could get away from way with in college doesn't work in the NFL. And it's just amazing. That is the biggest and the fastest fall from grace I've ever seen by a coach. Yes. Um, uh, this coming Monday, are we going to have two Black Mondays now because of that two-week window where teams can interview coaches? Do you think we'll see Matt Nagy, for instance, out in Chicago after Sunday's game? There are two openings right now, and if indeed you know you're going to fire your coach at the end of the year, I guess they will, because then you can start doing Zoom interviews, and we'll see a lot of the same ones. I'm guessing Eric Bieniemy has said like seven interviews. We'll get some. And having Zoom makes it so much easier. I think it's a great rule. And so what if the coach is going to get fired at the end of the year and they fire him with two games left? Go ahead and put them out of their misery. John McClain with us each and every week here on Outkick 360. Again, follow him on Twitter. He's a great follow, especially on game day, but every day with all the news and that he'll retweet and then he'll post. At McClain underscore on underscore NFL. And uh, read his work, texassportsnation.com and cron.com. It'll take you to the same page. John, as always, thank you so much. You're the best. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, John. Jonathan and Paul, Merry Christmas to you guys and happy holidays. And thank you very much as always. Thank you. John McClain, one of the best and quite frankly, our favorite guest here on Outkick 360. He's been with us for ever. Gosh. uh, Yeah. Since the inception of midday 180, which would have been a decade ago, 11 years ago. That's awesome. Good man. With gifts in the mail, John. Checks in the mail with all that. Coming up with the headlines of the day, 
look ahead to tonight's matchups. Tuesday night football. Both games kicking at 7 o'clock, which I hate. Yeah, Both dumb. games are on Fox. Stagger them a little bit, at least. Both games on Fox, and we'll, we'll preview the matchups, especially Washington and Philly, where Garrett Gilbert is going to get the start at quarterback against the Eagles in what is a must-win game for the football team and for Philly. It's all straight ahead on OutKick 360. Coming up, we'll discuss if the NFL has a scoring problem or if this is just an anomaly. Got some stats to back that up. Welcome back, OutKick 360 across the OutKick Network. Two games tonight, uh, Paul. We've got uh, Washington and Philly and the Rams and the Seahawks. The Rams have won six of their last eight games and uh, six of the last eight against the Seahawks. Let me throw that in there. We know they've went through some some bumpy stretches here, including a loss to the Titans. Uh, but they have owned the Seahawks as of late. Matthew Stafford is playing better. He's not turning it over at the clip he was back in November. And here are the Rams after seeing two days ago the Cardinals go on the road and lose to Detroit. A path to the NFC West Championship is directly in front of them. It feels like the Rams withstood their bad patch. Um, Arizona's given them a window here, and they're playing the right opponent. So, uh, you know, things change so quickly. I know. Things change so quickly. Um, So they could be in good shape after tonight, and I would be appreciative if – their path to good shape came with Stafford just lighting it up. I think he could. Uh, look, they, they averaged 31 points per game, nearly 32 points per game as an offense, the Rams. Seattle, it depends on where you're looking for these defensive rankings. I prefer, and I think the standard should be points, points. allowed. Uh, for whatever reason, a lot of times, I, I think to fit the storyline, you'll go to yards instead of points. Well, that's also it. historically people have looked, have at, looked yards. at yards. Uh, but what matters is defenses that give up points. Um, Seattle gives up a ton of yards. They are among d- defensively among the worst defensively at yards. They are actually among the top defenses in scoring, however. I think they're a top 10 defense in points allowed. Um, so I think the Rams will be able to, to put up yards, the question is: When they get into the low red zone, are they putting the you know putting points on the scoreboard? I think they will. I think they cover tonight. I I, I look at Stafford and think that the the multiple turnover games was a bump in the road and not the not the norm, not the trend for him with the Rams. I could be dead wrong though, because the Rams are zero two in multiple uh, turnover games from Stafford specifically. He's got Cooper Cup. Uh, he has a strong receiving core around him. Um, I know the Rams have been hit hard by COVID, and there's some players there that are, remain on their COVID-19 list. That's why this game was moved to Tuesday. Not the Seahawks' problems, but the Rams' problems. But, Paul, I can't help but bet with the Rams right now. Yeah, me me neither. You're really on to something there with Seattle. Look at their defense. Seattle is 32nd, la- dead last in defense, dead last in passing defense. 21st against the run. I bet an anomaly like this is rare. Where are they in points? In points, they are fourth <laughs> defensively. I, I bet that is incredibly rare that yeah. it be that des- disparate. Um, because, I mean, if you're giving up that many yards, people are getting in a red zone. If they're getting in a red zone, they're at least kicking field goals. Those field goals would stack up 
and you would wind up, you know, you know, if you're thirty second, I would I would bet you'd be at least twenty second in points or twentieth. But to be thirty second and fourth, that uh, I would wonder if that tests the boundaries of w- w- what the record uh, has been. I mean, uh, that is extreme. The spectrum there is crazy. We we saw a Titans defense a couple of years ago that was giving up a total of a, a bunch lot of, of yards, yards and, and not really points. hunkered down. It was in deep the pieces defense. But it and wasn't that. It extreme. was not this. Yeah, no, that that is outrageous. Meanwhile, Washington will start Garrett Gilbert. They tried to get Heineke back and could not. He did not test out of the protocol this morning. So it will be Garrett Gilbert, who was on New England's practice squad, signed last week to Washington's team to their active roster. Garrett Gilbert starts tonight on the road for Washington against the Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen Hurts is expected to play for the Eagles offense this evening. If not, they still got Gardner Minshew, who's available, and it was excellent in his only start of the season. When we come back, we look at some offensive numbers, and we discuss trend or anomaly with the scoring being way down across the NFL compared to what we're used to. More coming on OutKick 360.